Hello and welcome again, Big Fact Freaks and No Cap Chaps, to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with podcast hosts with pleasant voices and European leaders who make appeasing choices. I'm Adrian, as always, here with my friend Paul. Let's get Big Factin', let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Well, a toast to you, Adrian. Thank you. Cheers. Paul, what are you uh, sipping on over there? A little sweet tea? Yep. Uh, and some, uh, um, some bourbon, actually, but nothing like just some generic bourbon for, like, mixing, so nothing, like, fancy. Oh, yeah, I was about to say you're mixing it, so it's not really that big of a deal. Oh, it's, it, no, no, it's just on the rock. Oh, wait. Oh, it's just a big old cup of bourbon? <laughs> like yeah, it's just a big old cup tea. of bourbon. <laughs> 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 hey, well, at least you're not just swigging out of the bottle anymore. <laughs> uh, no, that's a perfectly reasonable size. Um, that's, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's going to be watered down anyway, so that, that makes sense. I know I'm gonna sound like a real lamo because everybody loves seltzers, but my big problem with them is the same problem that like I have with a lot of like breakfast restaurants. It's the fact that I feel like I can make a comparable product for pennies, which is like oh, I can just usually mixing vodka and seltzer. Yeah, yeah, I can usually mix. I maybe I know a lot of people really really love them and stand by their favorite one with their like favorite flavor, but I feel like sure. I couldn't tell the difference between my homemade like seltzer vodka with like a splash of lemon or whatever in the same way that i feel like a lot of times i can't tell the difference between my own like bacon egg and like sausage scramble as one from like a generic breakfast food spot so Mm. i thought you were gonna say that you couldn't tell the difference between your crepes and ihop's crepes because you're a master crepier as we've already established (laughs) Because I'm about to say that's not really a fair analogy if you already uh yeah, yeah. If you already have the skill set. Fair enough. I I meant like the stuff nobody can fuck up like toast, eggs, and bacon. Like the so generic. this is exactly my exact point about not going to um sub restaurants mm. that people don't seem to understand is like for like a comparable price for like a full meal at a at a sub place. You're right. You, you can you can have someone's Indian grandma like slave in the back of a, of a kitchen <laughs> stirring a big pot of her secret recipe <laughs> and get a bowl of that for the same price as some random high school student throwing cold cuts on a piece of bread. I guess that is true because some places are just one price point step above most fast food places. So you're not really saving on the money and you could yeah. go to like a, yeah, you could go to just like a generic Indian spot. But I feel like most Indian spots, they're not like, at least in Charlotte, they've gone up a price point. They're they're probably a price point above a sub spot. Like I, I know what you're talking about. Maybe in the old like Lexington, where you yeah. Shalimar, I think was one that we had in our college town. Or like yeah. um the, the kind of a a new thing that hasn't really reached the West Coast yet that I saw in New York was essentially like Chipotle style Indian places. So you pick your naan, you pick your fillings. They like kind of yeah. roll it together into a little sandwich, and then everywhere's like been bucks. doing that. There's been the uh, like a. Uh, kind of uh the israeli food place in charlotte and i don't know if this is nationwide but um oh god what are they called but it's like the same idea where it's like 
you pick your like uh you know you pick like a rice and then you pick falafel or like uh mm-hmm. shawarma or whatever and they put it on top uh i guess they're like chipotle style like walk down the line and point at your food because you're a child and you're just like that one give me that is is really appealing and it kind of is i do like that version of ordering although sometimes it can be like uh it can feel like a high pressure moment where you know you're gonna fuck up your dish because you're not picking the right flavor flavor combinations but you're like you don't want everybody behind you to be like why is this asshole taking long so you start like saying random things and then you end up with like a bowl of like completely incompatible flavors that's what I really like online ordering for stuff like that. But yeah, the other thing, though, that's really cool about stuff like that is last time I went to Chipotle, the guy in front of me ordered uh, like a bowl that was half chicken, half steak. And I didn't know that was a thing. They didn't charge him more for it either. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, then fuck, I'm going to do that. I didn't I don't know all these life hacks. I go to Chipotle like once a year. <laughs> oh, my God. The other one people will tell you to do is to get a bowl. Is get the bowl with the wrap on the side. The wrap on the sides, which still yeah. feels like an asshole move, even though it doesn't cost you more. It's like the people who do the hack for starbucks where they're like oh really cheaper than getting a latte is to like ask them like just ask for coffee and then get all the like and then tell them to do all the upgrades to make yeah, it into yeah. like what you want it to be and it's just like that's exhausting i, would I mean it's all just a gentrified version of when uh poor people would go into a diner ask for water with lemons and then get sugar packets <laughs> that are usually left out for coffee and make their own lemonade at the table so it's really all just a gentrified version of that <laughs> of the og is that is that a personal memory or is that something you know other people <laughs> no unlike paul's parents my parents allowed me to order stuff that wasn't just water so <laughs> i never had to as a kid <laughs> you know if the perez family was going out we were going out we were paying the extra two bucks for a oh if we're gonna talk about being polite to your kids at dining experiences are we gonna talk about how your parents would clap for you Every time you made a, every time you spilled your drink, traumatizing young Adrian to the point where. Yeah, I'm actually not a fan of applause as an adult because my parents have scarred me <laughs> from sarcastic applause. Um, yeah, that was a that was a big thing in my family. If you uh, broke a broke anything at the table or anything like that, spilled your drink uh, or whatever, uh, everyone would clap for you sarcastically. And so famously, my mom has a picture of me crying at a dinner table in a, like a semi-fancy restaurant that we went to because I accidentally spilled my water cup and broke it. And so when the person who worked there started coming over to clean it, everyone at the table started clapping for me and I started crying because it was overwhelming for little child Adrian <laughs> to be publicly shamed like that. Your family is so cool. <laughs> my sleep paralysis demon is actually just a random person clapping at me while I sleep. <laughs> Um, anything, anything special happened to you? Um, or do you want to jump right into Adrian's beer corner or, um, anything happened across the week? Uh, I'll do like a blend. Nothing really good from this week. We had our virtual student, uh, retreat this weekend, uh, which was fine. And, uh, we won our second game of the season 2-0 against a struggling Cotona. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Milano. Still going strong. What, so, Adrian, Adrian, who's the star player on the team? I'm quizzing you about Milano and their history. Also, do they have like a do they have a longer name or is it just? Uh, it's just AC Milan. AC Milan. Okay. Oh, so yeah, our star player right now is probably Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who came back to the club after a like seven, eight, nine year uh, move away. Um, so where, he's like 38. Right what, now, what's his but... home nationality? Ibrahimovic is he like he's Eastern Swedish. European? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I think he was a refugee there from somewhere else. I'm not exactly sure where his uh. parents are from. 
Uh, actually, so funny thing about that is uh, I'm starting a D&D campaign on Saturday. And when I was picking out a name for my character, I actually looked through the squad list for Milan to see if there's anyone with like a cool first name to use. And our uh, new Romanian goalkeeper's first name is Ciprian, which I thought was really cool. So I took that and I thought it sounded like sufficiently fantastical. Uh, and so that's the name of my uh, rogue character that I'm playing for D&D. Oh, you talking about soccer reminds me of I did just start watching this show, which is the second and my sister put it on and she's like, this is such a funny show. You need to watch it five seconds into it. I'm like. This was a commercial from like 10 years ago. So do you remember those uh, commercials that went viral that were uh, Jason Sudeikis and he was an uh, American football coach who went to Britain? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've made a whole show about those commercials. Yeah, I know oh, about okay. that, yeah. You In the same way that they made this. the uh, Caveman TV show from the... Uh, That's what I was Geico about to bring up. Those are the two in. examples yeah. I can think of. Has any other commercial... <laughs> my question was going to be other than those two that I know about. Has any other commercial gotten a full TV spinoff? That's a great question. Um, I know Jake from State Farm got a reboot where he's black now. <laughs> Gotta love the representation. Uh... <laughs> But in terms of actual full series coming from commercials... Um... I mean, those insurance representatives really... Like, insurance has really memorable commercials because there's also Flo, who, like, we all love. Oh, and the Gecko, yeah. And the Gecko. Well, the Gecko is also, like, the cavemen who got their show. Like, you know, uh, Geico is always coming through with, like, 10 different <laughs> commercials that 30 Rock uh, pointed yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. They have, like, 10 different mascots at any point. Um, yeah, no, I was about to say maybe it's happened more internationally, but actually I think it's like a very specific American thing to take a commercial and be like, yeah, this, we can make this into a show. People like watching this for 30 seconds at a time. That's how much they actually pay attention to shows they watch. Let's just uh, throw it on for longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I would watch a flow show. I think I think the good place in the a weird way. The flow show writes itself. In a weird way is the good place kind of like the show about flow. Like it feels like. No, I'm pretty sure it, uh, it's netflix's rhythm and flow would be the closest thing <laughs> to the flow show <laughs> oh is the reason in my mind i connected those is the person who plays the robot in the good place or like the like it, that's the actor oh, darcy carton is that the actor who plays no, flow different oh. different actress i think she's much younger would probably be offended by that <laughs> <laughs> i have a very bad memory for these things uh, what other commercials would you like to see a full blown uh reboot of so I was about to say, I don't really see ads that much nowadays, but I guess you do get them on YouTube every now and then. Um, so it's kind of hard. to I don't really have my finger on the pulse of like these really famous ads anymore. Going back to insurance, I would love to see a show where Shaquille O'Neal goes around solving auto-based mysteries with his animated friend, The General. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those commercials, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that would be an excellent show. They have a really good small guy, big guy dynamic. Um, there's some name recognition. Uh because of the general uh and i think it'd be a really fun show i like that i want an hour-long drama about hot women eating hardy's hamburgers <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I think we missed our window of opportunity for that i'm pretty sure they like um i don't think i don't know if they outwardly apologized but they definitely like reeled in doing those commercials yeah of, i think uh, the same with go daddy yeah. where it's just like you can't be that like explicitly <laughs> i think um because i think also we need to match tv shows to network like the Caveman show is obviously going to be great for TBS if it was going to do well anywhere. Mm. I think Old Spice could probably make a pretty good Cartoon Network 15-minute animated show. Oh, yeah. Um, Old Spice was who's the, uh, who's the guy who the moves his pecs. nature. Yeah, I don't know what his he, name is. He, yeah, he could definitely do an Adult Swim show with the same people who yeah, directed absolutely. those commercials. And then obviously Pepsi with uh, Kylie Jenner. Oh, oh, okay. Where 
where like she starts off as like this uh, like optimistic youth who thinks like politics can be about bringing everybody together and slowly like becomes jaded and learns about the like corrupt nature of the system and uh, yeah it's like a west wing type show. at the end of episode one she finally like she dons like the black uh the ba- black like balaclava and it becomes antifa yeah i would love to watch uh kylie jenner's transformation into an antifa super soldier <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we've got a lot of good ideas hit us up if you want to buy any of these um media executives we own them (laughs) media executive who's gonna make these shows and listens to big facts no cap which is a pretty big venn diagram (laughs) yeah Yeah, the the middle part of that venn diagram is quite large (laughs) suit man suit i i I don't i don't want to out anybody but i've heard suit man who dates the uh caller daddy host actually listens to this show so if you want to if you want to get in touch with we have a credible source that uh has said that before (laughs) All right, Adrian, what were, what were you saying? Wait, really quickly, can I just comment on the number of chairs that you have in your room? Did you did you host something recently? <laughs> did you recently have a very uh, non-socially distanced party in your room? <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, all right. I'm joking. I think uh, I was, I just got this chair in, so I moved this chair back, and then this one, um, I kind of used as a table. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. So yeah, so we already did our Milan update for this uh, week. Um, another another great round for us. We're doing great. Uh, and then this week's Jackrabbit brew uh, of the week is their Imperial Guava Goza. Um, so a sour beer. Is that the one and Phil had on his episode? Or did he just mention? It was not. No. Okay. He mentioned the, uh, oh, he mentioned a Kettle Lemon um, Goza. Which is also quite good. Um, I haven't always been a super big fan of sours, um, but man, they are they're fucking refreshing. And uh, a lot of times, sours usually go for lower alcohol. But the whole imperial aspect of it is that it's a solid and fun six percent. So it's a very tasty, uh, very like nice to sip on beer uh, that's super refreshing. And guava, you know, not one of those like fruits that I know a priori what I'm supposed to expect in the flavor, um, but it goes well here like in the same way that i really like grapefruit and beer like it's a it's a really nice yeah i was gonna say guava is usually like a a more neutral flavor so um it really it can go i don't know it can i wouldn't 100 percent know what to expect um was there anything you wanted to share about uh, your week paul anything exciting no any media roundups um cool all right so let's uh, hop into the topic for today yeah and uh so today's episode is a meta episode about podcasting mm um so paul i figured we'd do like a little uh a yearly review uh a couple weeks early <laughs> how long have we been doing this <laughs> is this when we realize like this is like some sort of horror movie and we've been stuck in quarantine for decades <laughs> um yeah i think we've been maybe doing this for three months but we're gonna go we're gonna do a three-month check-in then okay like three-month review uh how, how do you feel this podcast is going do you have any uh things to say about it any comments critiques things you want to say you struggles you've overcome um ideas that didn't pan out i think factually we are the only podcast and i think that gives us a lot to work with being the only podcast it is tough to be a pioneer in your field <laughs> so i mean it, it puts a lot on our shoulders that the audience expects us to keep making content because they're like we want podcasts but there's only one of them and it's big facts no cap it's the only thing we can listen to so that's usually what's on my mind how about you adrian <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh you know i've gotten uh 
I think the show hasn't changed dramatically from the start. We've done less topical tips for sure. Mm. Uh, I think we've learned some lessons about uh, what we're good at talking about, what we're not good yeah. at talking about, what people care to hear. Uh, although, you know, we take a healthy mix of like, we're doing what we want to do. It's a vanity project at the end of the day, <laughs> along with, uh, you know, if we have like 10 listeners, maybe we should take into account what their, what their desires are for the show. That is, that's definitely true. A lot of this is driven by what I would want to talk with you about anyway. And mm-hmm. often I think that's why the theme idea worked rather than when we were doing some test episodes, just me and you recording and we would just kind of pick random articles which they were generally funnier because we could both come with any random article that we thought was like as absurd and funny as possible. But the theme idea works because a lot of the times we're talking about something where we can like have some sort of like formed idea about it and Mm -hmm. something we would talk about anyway. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of this is just kind of like catching what we would be saying, what we would be doing anyway on a mic. Yeah. Uh, Paul, now we're just gonna let's just open it up to podcasts in general. How do you how do you feel about podcasts? Uh, are you gonna be one of those like self hating podcast uh, podcasters who like talks about how much they hate podcasts? But no, I really like podcasts. That's why we made one <laughs> because we both really like podcasts. <laughs> um, I mean, podcasts really to me, as far as the ones I listen to, they fall into two categories: comedians I like doing vanity projects, and informative podcasts which are like I can listen to them while I'm at work so I can feel like I'm sort of educating myself while I'm just doing my like eight hours a day and then I also feel like I'm not just completely falling behind (laughs) on everything that's happening in the world so things like NPR politics is always a good listen I will like obviously they're pretty like they have a wide range of hosts but I would say they generally fall into like the New York Times opinion piece of like they're just gonna Mm -hmm. Like, and they're pretty unapologetically biased, too, where they will, like, just critique, outright critique Trump or call him a liar, or, like, they are biased in a liberal way, but they, at the same time, they're also, like, that classic liberal bias where anything left of them is even worse than anything on the far right, Mm -hmm. and it's immediately like, oh boy, that was Bernie bros, and they don't know what they're talking about because they like Bernie, but they're, they're generally a good way to... I do. I do like them. They're they're calming. They they have sweet voices. Um, and then as far as on the like comedy side of things, there's like the handsome rambler. There's a uh, Pete Holmes. You made it. Open Mike Eagles on the most recent episode. So I'm working on that one. <laughs> Always fun. There's a uh, there's a uh, Pete Holmes. Like you've made it awkward. There's obviously like um oh man, I gotta open up my phone. But I don't. You I don't have to just sit around and. Well, this isn't like yeah. a listing thing. Actually, I would actively avoid. Uh, oftentimes that's how these conversations go um like so i think talking to people about podcasts is oftentimes kind of annoying <laughs> um it's uh one of those things where there's, there's just so many and i'm probably not going to get around to the ones that you recommend especially if it's like from most people that i know in my life who like their opinion on most media doesn't align with mine so like they're recommending me the office of podcasts and they're like recommending me the parks and rec of podcasts and i'm like yeah i've heard it maybe i've even listened to a few it's not something that I'm prioritizing <laughs> above like the kind of random stuff that I listen to. And so even for like a while, um, one of my most successful Tinder strategies is I had in my bio, uh, like hit me up for podcast recommendations. Mm-hmm. And it just clearly in the same way that it, it works in real life, talking to friends, recommending podcasts is oftentimes just a conversation where people wait for you to be done talking so that they can tell you what they want to tell you. <laughs> 
Uh, and like I said, oftentimes I find people's recommendations really boring. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really talk about podcasts with people anymore, but, uh, I definitely do like a lot of them. I'm not going to recommend any of them on the show. Give me, but, give uh, me, give me a, like, give me one in each sort of category. Like I split my taste into educational or informative and, into and vanity projects. Like I don't listen to other than informative and comedians, vanity projects, usually in an interview style. I don't really listen to. Like I don't listen to horror podcasts, or I don't listen to like serial killer podcasts. Or do you have, do you have broad categories of what you listen to, and maybe like one in each one that kind of like is what pops into your mind for that category? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I listen to like definitely uh, Vanity Projects for sure from comedians, and so uh, for that one, I'll recommend Analyze Fish, uh, or even Are You Talking REM Remy? Yeah, and then True Crime, a good bit of True Crime. I think uh, I'll go for like the poster child of that one, which is last podcast on the left. Although I stopped keeping up with them once they became Spotify exclusive. So a little lesson there for us, if we ever actually uh, get any kind of amount of uh, success is that as soon as they went to Spotify, they just got out of my rotation because I don't use Spotify for podcasts. Mm. And then, yeah, informational shows, but usually in like a more fun kind of informational. Like I don't really like someone just in a single room, a single person reading out a story that they wrote to me is not very interesting to me so uh in that end i would say qi's podcast uh yeah no such thing as a fish is a really fun one um i would agree with that oh also don't listen to any of those podcasts they all suck listen to big facts no cap we have a backlog re-listen to the episodes if you've already heard them they're layered there's jokes that you wouldn't get if you just listen to them once you gotta listen to them over and over in any sense let's get let's uh let's get into the articles or is there anything else you want to talk about about podcasting in general as a phenomenon Okay, so this one is from another heavy hitter, Miss Manners. Ooh, Adrian, I just clicked on yours and saw the headline, and am I supposed to take this as a subtweet? Uh, yeah, you're, spo- <laughs> well, you're supposed to take this as a subliminal for sure, yeah. Um, no, no, of course, Paul. I, I, I don't send subs. Um, I always call people out by name. So, so this is kind of this is Miss Manners, who's kind of on like the same level as like Dear Abby. Uh, just a very classic agony aunt who answers mostly kind of etiquette based questions uh the question today the title is i bailed on my podcast co-host paul any ideas off top um can i just say pulling this up that i see that it's written by three different people and just like a quick scroll down shows me that they don't specify who wrote the individual answer it's by judas martin nicholas martin and jacobina jacobina martin and i like that because if they ever say anything wrong they have full immunity because it could be any of the other two people, which is why me and you do this podcast together because we have such similar voices. <laughs> if either of us says anything offensive, we can't be canceled because who knows who said it. So Exactly. It's like those crimes where you can't prove that which twin was the one that was at the crime scene and which one had the alibi. <laughs> uh, by her putting out all three of these people as the authors. Uh, Judith Martin is Miss Manners, so that's the person who actually wrote the answers. I'm not sure what the other two credits are for. Oh, why is it by all three of them? Um, Nah, they're writing it together. I don't yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is from November 10th, 2019 at 9 p.m. Dear Miss Manners, a friend of mine asked me to join her and another friend in starting a podcast. This was about 10 months ago. I did join somewhat reluctantly. I told them in the beginning that I did not like discussing my private life on a global platform. Eventually, I started becoming irritated with my friend, which led to me leaving the podcast abruptly via text. She was upset with me, and I think we are no longer friends. I did apologize via text that I was sorry for the way that I handled the situation. To be frank, I think I should not have started the podcast in the first place. 
But anyway, if I came across this friend in social circles, we have some friends in common who occasionally go out to dinner together, what should I do? Should I approach her and smile as if nothing happened? Should I cower in the corner, afraid she will throw a drink in my face? Should I pull her aside and say, look, I just want to make sure we're okay? Should I wait for her to make the first move? And what do I tell our mutual friends? I'm worried they will choose sides, as people often do in situations like this. Should I try to get them to see my side or just not bring it up? All right, Paul. Wow, I like that we're getting a question from clearly the person who's in the wrong in this situation. So, like an incredibly weak spined person who's slimy and doesn't know how to like... Oh, wow. This Paul's venom is coming back full force on oh, this Oh, no, point. I'm not venomous. So you're I mean, calling her a slippery motherfucker. It's a little bit slimy. Like, if you have a problem with somebody, you tell them to their face and you talk it through. And you can quit the podcast, but, like, you talk to your friend about it. You don't just ghost them and send them a text. So... I don't know. She seems like someone who got pressured into doing something she didn't want to do. I, I don't know if I don't find that unsympathetic. That's part of what makes her... Okay, so I'm not trying to be venomous, but isn't that kind of part of what makes her slippery? It's that, like, the spine is so weak that she was too scared to say no, and then she was too scared to quit, so she just ghosted and sent a text. Mm -hmm. There's, like, this person has mm -hmm. a lot of fear, and then they're so afraid of what's going to happen to them the next time they see them. So I guess maybe I was making too much of a judgment of the person as, like, slippery or slimy, but they're... They're definitely way too afraid of this world, and they're too afraid of their friend. You, you need to have a spine. That's what makes them slippery. No spine, and you can just, like, wiggle into any situation. She's afraid of getting a drink in the face, which is, like, a real reality TV show-type <laughs> punishment. It's not really, like... Also, wouldn't that be kind of fun? Is that. Isn't that, like... I mean, can, I would love to have that story. Can we go... Yeah, I was gonna say the Adrian, the Adrian advice of living life, which is just, like try to encourage people to give you stories <laughs> so a drink to the <laughs> yeah, face exactly. is not the worst thing that could happen to you that'd be kind of fun yeah i guess the the issue that you're saying paul is that this whole lack of confrontation and this idea of just leaving with the text and then trying to figure out how you can weasel your way back into their good graces but in case you have to see them again is kind of a weasley question yeah yeah i mean shouldn't it be how can i not have ghosted like how can i like actually be a better person be a better person and not and not take on commitments that i can't handle and then and then run away and quit as soon as i get a little bit uncomfortable this like you're an adult you don't just decide you want to stop doing something and then just like throw your hands up and and break all communication and send a text that says i know more here bye sorry oh man i'm not gonna lie i think actually the best part of being an adult is having no one to force you to <laughs> stick to certain things like the kind of the opposite scenario of like when you don't want to play the full season of baseball but your parents make you <laughs> to teach you some kind of lesson about commitment i kind of i kind of really treasure the idea now that i can for a lot of the things that i voluntarily participate in i can throw my hands up and be like nah i'm out of here fuck this but like i mean even for like a book club if i'm not gonna read a book that month like i call up my friend and i'm just like hey like i tell them i don't just well actually the other people in the book club do just not show up so maybe i'm the person who's high, holding myself to weirdly high standards yeah but i'm i'm curious i mean we need to know more about the podcast in the situation to really give advice somehow the way it's asked frustrates me and makes me think this person kind of sucks yeah there's so many assumptions to make because there's like she's they're giving such little information about how bad was the issue with the podcast what alternatives could there have been to were you leaving? necessary was she even a yeah was she even a useful part or necessary part apparently of the she was so awesome because even though she was reluctant to join they forced her to and then after she left she was so integral to it that they might 
throw a drink in her face <laughs> as retribution. So, like, I don't know. Either this writer has, like, a really cool... Is either, like, semi-famous, has a kind of cool following, or mm-hmm. has a really overinflated view of themselves but it has to be one of those things right they have to be semi-famous or have an overinflated view of themselves for this to be an issue like this yeah i don't actually know if i have a lot of advice for this i i think i think it's probably in your head um they probably hate you but in that way people hate you where they're not gonna actually like call you out for it to your face <laughs> so i would just uh i would just bank on the fact that they're gonna be too polite to be mean to your face about it Yo, what if what was going on with this podcast is that it was actually like a true crime podcast where they were like trying to solve the Golden State Killer case. And the only reason that it was like personal was because they suspected her as being the main culprit. And so they kept trying to get her to give out personal details. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Other than like details about sex life, I just can't like, do you think it was like drug use and sex life stuff? Or do you think? Well, I was about to say, like, we could very easily, like, bring this into our previous conversations where, uh, obviously, if you guys heard the really abrupt um, transition that happened in Phil's episode, that was because he decided post-episode that he didn't want to have drug use talk on the uh, podcast. So that's the main th- that's the main thing I think of. Uh, Paul and I don't really talk about our sex lives, but if we did, I'm sure Paul would have me cut most of it out. Um, all, like, one minute of him discussing it. Obviously had that one thing that I said not to talk about on the podcast, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I can't even remember which, uh, what your one thing is. It, it was sexual in nature, so those are the two things that really stick out to me. But then again, I think we have to assume that not everyone is is like. I mean, they, we could they, yeah, like like you said, they could be much more conservative people, and so like there are a lot like way more things that are like considered uh, beyond the pale to talk about mm. in terms of your private life. Like it could even be something as ridiculous as like they wanted her to share her salary information. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I really, I pearls. really hope that this is like a workplace, like, uh, like how to be a business person podcast, and that was what was too mm. uncomfortable for them to discuss with like their their salary information or their like corporate history. They kept asking for their tax returns. <laughs> no, I hope it was literally like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, anything that has to do with, like, career stuff, like a career-based thing, always immediately infuriates me because there's just, like, all these weird mm-hmm. rules. It's people, oh my god, career stuff, it's like people immediately act like the most unlikable, smug weirdos in the world when it comes to career stuff. And, mm. like, just the level of import people will place on something like what color suit you wear to an interview. Like, I've had people, like in my life like just get so upset that i would want to like i was like oh yeah i'm just gonna wear this suit and they were like that's a gray suit like what if the person's traditional and they don't like a gray suit a black suit is considered oh, traditional yeah. for an interview i'm like the fuck like then i don't want to work for them <laughs> like i don't know why <laughs> like if that's yeah, a that's filter a then i'm fine with it being a filter like i don't want to work for that company if the color of my suit is <laughs> is a limiting factor the same with whether or not having a beard or tattoos is a limiting factor i think people like which is why paul can't work at chick-fil-a <laughs> you're not allowed to work at chick-fil-a if you have a beard or tattoos or is it both uh probably both but certainly beard if you come in with a beard they make you shave interesting um but no yeah i totally get it it reminds me of in high school uh i think i think it was one of those things it was one of like the ib courses that i took where oftentimes the beginning was very meandering and so we were just talking about the news from that day and uh, my psych professor mentioned that um, it was a big news story that day that Mark Zuckerberg in like a big like meeting about selling Facebook or like going public or whatever, he like showed up in sweats. And 
I'm, there's a lot of things to critique Mark Zuckerberg about, but I was very staunchly on the side of like, who gives a fuck? Like he's the one who's like in charge of the whole thing. If he wants to wear a sweatsuit to a meeting, who who gives a shit? Why? Like all of this business stuff is like, if I were a part of it and I probably actually, it's the same way I feel about everything. And that is, um, if you're good enough, you can get away with stuff like that. And I try to, even though I'm not good enough, <laughs> so, even though I'm not good enough at my job to like not play the game. I still don't because, like, if, if I really need to play the game that hard to succeed, I, I'd rather just uh, shave my beard and work a chick. And on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the coin, it's basically become because these people like tokenize these things to such a level. The fact that Mark Zuckerberg did that and became so famous, and so many tech people have done stuff like that, basically all the stories I hear nowadays are people in san francisco working for those types of companies where it's just the other side nowadays where it's like you get right. looked down on if you wear a collared shirt as a try hard or like they look down mm-hmm. on that and it's like it's it's such a facepalm moment because it's just like clearly the lesson to take from that is that anybody dressed anyway was not to be toxic in the yeah. opposite direction <laughs> was not to become like an obnoxious <laughs> spirituality i only wear like i only wear t-shirts and shorts and sandals like the, the the lesson to learn from that was to be a casual human being who doesn't judge people but like i mean yeah all those tech places like facebook have from all like things i've heard just become obnoxious in the other direction where it's like now it's just all the old like tokens and symbols have just been flipped for new ones and it doesn't i think your earlier point made a lot of sense too where people put way too much importance on it of like the reason that i got this job was because i had a very nicely creased black suit mm-hmm. And not because my dad worked for the company for 40 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so true. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and read the answer. Public feuds are not much fun. So Miss Manners, but oh, I like how she writes in the third person. I guess it's maybe because they have the three people writing it. But <laughs> The spirit like of Miss Manners. Uh, it reminds me of when I first learned about the royal we. And so for like uh, science, uh, science writing, I always use we. Always love that. Makes me feel bigger than myself. Uh... <laughs> Public feuds are not much fun, so Miss Manners would advise you not to start one, especially as you are the one who abruptly walked out and are thus unlikely to inspire sympathy. Apologizing by text is minimal for leaving someone in the lurch. So not only should you avoid starting a scene, but you should be careful not to provoke one from your former friend. The demeanor to follow is proceed with caution. Greet her pleasantly, but be prepared to back away if she is cold to you. Alright, some real non-advice. I take issue with the first sentence public feuds are not fun has she ever heard of rap beef because if hit him up isn't a great song then i don't know what's real anymore you were hiding a child let that boy come home (laughs) you gonna make me buy bottles for charlemagne (laughs) public feuds are very much fun uh like we said before about getting the drink in your face like that's a great story i i do like that she pointed out how it's minimal to leave a text uh for uh, an apology when you left someone in a lurch and i like that way of describing it leaving someone in a lurch that is a good way i mean once again they didn't really describe how much they were actually putting them out by not um by abruptly leaving but obviously if she thinks that if she thinks they might be mad about it it must have been a semi big i could not see this advice like this question and this advice are so generic i just cannot actually see it being helpful to any like specific situation Compared to, like, some of the independent bloggers we've read who have left advice columns, like, the fact that Miss Manners has a Washington Post article, whereas, like, Ola Poppy's mm-hmm. writing for, like, Out.com, which I don't know if that's big, but I, I, I've i never mm-hmm. heard of it, so it's definitely, like, it's kind of shocking at, like, what level they're operating and, like, how funny and clever some of these, like, blogger-level 
people yeah, are course, in yeah. comparison to Miss <laughs> Manners writing for the Washington Post. And she's coming through with like, first off, picking a kind of incredibly boring question and then answering it in like a very boring, generic way. So it's interesting she has like the national like respected paper of like paper of record to publish in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could be one of those things where she's already achieved goat status and so she's not trying anymore. I mean, it's 2019, right? And Miss Manners has been going for a long time. Yeah. So it could be a symptom uh, in that sense. But uh, but it also seems like Dear Abby where it's like a little bit of a family legacy thing because it seemed like three people with the last name, same last name were writing this at some point. So it's like at some mm-hmm. point you would think her daughter might want to take more like relevant questions for like the modern age, you know? All right. Anything else to say about this, Paul? No, not really. Um, it was all very uh, broad and generic. Um, I yeah. And Paul, just once again, I want to say I hope you never leave me. And if you do, I just want you to know that I already have like three backups lined up, so <laughs> I will survive. And the next time that you uh, go to a, a communal dinner with some mutual friends, it's going down. <laughs> what 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 token are they? Tokens that you have backed up? Do you have like an Arab, like a gay man, and like a black woman? Who could potentially replace me? And they all walk into a bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I got all, I got all the the boxes checked. So I actually have a kind of shorter question too. I have a question from 1972, August 30th, 1972. That was at least the date it was published. I have a question from Dear Ann Landers, uh, published in the Bulletin. From once again, August 30th, 1972. I'm excited to hear more from Ann Landers because I, I only know her as the ferret hater. Um, <laughs> slash uh, logical logical fallacier. So I want to I hear more from her. So you might be thinking, Paul, how can this be about podcast 1972? And really it's about the first type of podcast, the radio show. And I mean, I think the podcast star really killed the radio star. You don't think it was video? No. We're kind of getting back to our roots here. Um, Really quick, I want to do a a bit about how I like that we're respecting the classics here in two cents. Um, One, we're going back to Dear Ann Landers, so real, you know, OG. And then we're talking about radio, which is the OG for podcasting, which um, if there's something that I think I've self-critiqued myself for more than anyone else has critiqued me for, whenever I really like an art form, I oftentimes don't respect the classics. Like, I listened to a Richard Pryor special, even though I'm really into comedy. I only listened to one because I did a project on it for a college class. Otherwise, I don't really like old comics very much. Uh, I really like hip hop, but I don't really listen to like 80s or 90s hip hop all that much. Uh, oftentimes for like everything that I really enjoy, I, I don't respect the, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get the, you know, I'm like, you know, it's all distilled and influencing the modern day stuff. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick to that. And Oh no, I 100% agree. Peruse. I basically like the modern version of almost everything I like. <laughs> Yeah, things kind of sucked in the past, man. Except for maybe video games. I think that's one where, um, because I'm not, I don't keep up with video games very well. I still play Tetris as much as I do, like Ocarina of Time as much as I do. Dude, no, they almost, dude, no, they almost look like real life nowadays. Dude, you got, you got to play. <laughs> that's too much. They're for crazy, me, man. man. <laughs> oh, it feels like you're really talking to Ronald Reagan in the new Call of Duty. It's awesome. <laughs> okay, Paul Kawaja, tear down that wall. So, dear Ann Landers. I am nearly in a state of shock. For years, I thought I had a pretty good speaking voice. In fact, I even considered going into radio. The other day, for the first time, I heard my voice played back on a tape recorder. It was a harrowing experience. 
my voice is shrill and unpleasant. At least it seems so to me. Now I wonder if I sound that way to others. Do you think I am exaggerating all this in my mind? Please answer. Signed, Rusty Pipes and Assaulted Eardrums. So first of all, I want to um, just like quickly talk about how... Have you ever read uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, like when you're in like elementary school? Yeah, but I don't remember what your what would be like relevant to this. Well, I'll tell you, Paul. Uh, there's a, a scene in that, well, not a scene. This is how corrupted my mind is by modern day. There's a, there's a moment in the book where the hillbilly kid goes into town for the first time. And he talks about this weird looking motherfucker in this uh, window. And that's when he realizes that it's his first time ever seeing his reflection at like 12 years old. Uh. Um, and so, uh, this reminds me of like this, like beautiful time where everyone has a moment nowadays where like at a very young age, they hear a recording of their voice mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, that's what I sound like. And the fact that you can get old enough to like be an adult and then be like, I finally heard my voice. What the fuck is going on? And <laughs> <laughs> is this, is everybody hearing this? <laughs> Yeah, I, that's uh, what I noticed. I adore that. that back then. It's so quaint. <laughs> there was only this was the first time he ever got a chance to hear his voice in the seventies. Is kind of like adorable. Yeah. Um, and he went through the same realization that everybody goes through, which is I think everyone like naturally kind of hates their voice a little bit. I think some people are a little bit more vain about it, but I think it's a general thing. Like across the board, most people don't like hearing their own voice. Yeah, because it sounds different in your head because of like the vibrations just being different when like the voice is actually coming out of your own mouth then uh when you hear yeah, back yeah. yourself so but i've actually gotten back a good bit of critique about this from the show people don't like my voice it's not just in my head i <laughs> oh well hey, hey my my brother's uh partner loves your voice yeah yeah the, i think the people who like my voice are people who enjoy like a slight list because they're uh because they're down with gay culture yeah, Paul's a real queer icon according to my brother and his partner <laughs> as well as i should be i i, I love the gays <laughs> I've often said it. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul is iconic. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. I think, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I have been lucky enough where I have not received too much external criticism of my, criticism of my voice. It mostly comes from myself and like nitpicky things where because I have to edit the audio, I hear stuff that my voice does that I don't like. Recently, the most annoying thing that I've noticed, uh, one is that I've, I've been saying like too much. Mm. So I've been trying to fix that. Oh, you just and then the other thing smack sometimes is what I notice while editing. That's true, and too. you just did it I lip again, smack a lot. Awesome. <laughs> right before you said it. Okay. I lip smack a lot. I say like too much. And then I've been doing this thing where I think because we edit out a lot of stuff, I'll be like saying something while like half laughing. But like in the new context of the episode, it doesn't make any sense why I'm like half laughing at it. Um, and so that, that that's been sticking out to me. I've been trying to like ground my voice more often. But those are more mannerisms than like the actual timbre of my voice. For um, sure. And listening to my voice so much does make me re realize that I have a tick where I'm often laughing at stuff that isn't funny or at something I said that's not funny or something you said that's not really mm -hmm. funny. And I think it's like a social thing that I just like yeah. ground my speech in laughter. Uh often because you know, I have a little bit of joy in my heart. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that that I I just kind of enjoy things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I really don't like my voice. Editing it so much for this podcast has given me like, I, I don't know, like a numbness to it or like I've become so used to it. It's not as big a problem, but it is something you can work your way through through exposure therapy for sure. Yeah. And I think some people just quit way before that ever happens, but it doesn't take that long. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I've definitely gotten critiques that like your voice is very nice and my voice is very grating. <laughs> but uh, it's usually yeah. all right with me because I feel like. I listen to a lot of podcasts with non-traditional voices, and 
usually after like 10 minutes it that is, it stops being a problem at all and you'd have to be like a pretty easily like yeah. bothered person to not just get used to any voice or in a lot of cases sexist because we've talked before uh, yeah. about vocal fry yeah uh, it, i actually really enjoy vocal fry i think it sounds nice yeah, so. which is what i'm about to say yeah paul enjoys it um shout out to what uh, true and not so, um um yeah. liz liz franzik from that show has a lot of vocal fry and i think it sounds really nice and i know a lot of people who say they absolutely can't listen to it even for a second it did take me a while to get used to it when she was a guest on chapo yeah, yeah. and i think i remember commenting to you about it too um so yeah there's that there's um i remember when i first listened to uh acid rap uh i didn't initially like chancy's ah. voice and it took a second for to yeah to ah. to for me to get it <laughs> I think yeah, people like especially if you if anyone uh, in our audience listened to early Childish Gambino, that was a huge thing. Where like, uh, I enjoyed his rapping and I like I, I kind of like didn't love his voice, but like I I grew uh, accustomed to it. Whereas other people, if you tried to show them his early work, or the classic uh, Lil not... Wayne, like right Lil Wayne or like Danny Brown, oh, yeah. who have like very very nasally voices. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, Danny Brown's is fun though. Yeah. I really... <laughs> And it's so fun when you first see him do like a like a freestyle or a five fingers of death mm-hmm. where you can like see that his like eyes roll back behind his head while he does the voice. Like he really has to like I think there's get one one of him on Sway doing the verse from Red to Go. And it's mm-hmm. so good. It's so much better than even like the actual performance he put onto the like recording. Like him doing that yeah, verse yeah. from Sway as a freestyle. It's just so awesome <laughs> to like watch him do it. So the only other like um, thing that comes off the top of my head about this, we haven't given advice yet, but we'll get into it. We have exposure therapy. It's clearly the solution to this. That's all the advice oh, you yeah. actually need. But Paul, it takes like, it, it's like a quarter per round of film to <laughs> record your voice. How is he supposed to? Oh yeah. Well, that? he's not actually going to um, get into radio. So really he just needs to like let this fall out of your mind. Well, the other thing is that also he has no extrinsic um, confirmation that his voice is bad. Mm-hmm. So that would be step two is maybe get some feedback from people. Maybe people And that's like what it. I was saying earlier. I wonder if Ann Lander's advice is going to be the generic 21st century advice where we all know that it's everybody says, you sound fine. Your voice sounds different to other people. And that's what bothers you is the disconnect, not anything actually intrinsically like bad about your voice. But I wonder if yeah. that isn't uh, like, like that advice hasn't been created as the generic advice yet and Ann Landers is going to say something different like huh I, w- I guess you just sound annoying <laughs> I recommend vocal surgery <laughs> I recommend a lobotomy okay. that should fix you right up son <laughs> uh, I recommend electroshock um, therapy that should fix your voice right up <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I remember the first time I showed one of my um, rap songs to my friend Esteban he heard my friend Phil rap and that's another one where Another uh, like rapper. partner of mine, yeah, another partner of mine whose voice gets critiqued quite often. Where like I would show friends in undergrad, uh, like one of the songs that we were demoing, and their first comment always would be like, "Yeah, I, the beat's fine or whatever. I think the the rapping would be better if the voice wasn't so annoying." <laughs> um, there's nothing you can really say to that. It's either like you like it or you don't. So uh, it was always like a, a hard critique to take, even though it wasn't even about me. Um, but yeah, there was the time when I showed uh my friend Esteban one of the first songs where I did a verse and um he didn't recognize that it was me and so like I told him I was like oh yeah that was me and he was like oh yeah when you rap you take all like the nasally parts of your voice out uh <laughs> and I was like all right well I guess I do you just become, uh, you just whenever become I'm, like DMX when you when you rap <laughs> <laughs> uh I think yeah I think there's like a part of it whenever 
whenever I was in the booth, I would like uh, say it more with my chest than I would say it with anything else. I would I would use my radio voice, which is interesting because um, some rappers definitely go the other direction. And like we said, like a chance who definitely makes his noise or his voice more nasally, or a Kendrick who makes yeah, his yeah. voice more nasally to kind of get that like they just get a slightly more nasally voice for their delivery. Yeah, where I think Phil's voice is just what it sounds like. <laughs> so it's not a stylistic choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's kind of that kind of rounds up all of my experiences and thoughts about this idea of not liking your voice being the jarring moment of first hearing your voice recorded, I think, which everyone has nowadays. Um, and then kind of all like the people who some people might not like their voice. I think they're I think some of them sound quite good or some of them you just kind of get used to. Maybe some of them, like, I think early Gambino, you might get, like, Stockholm syndrome into. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'll uh, I'll jump into the answer if you're happy with that, Adrian. Yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say, Paul. No, nothing. So, Ann Landers says... Have you ever thought about, Paul, because of the criticism that you're getting, taking classes uh, for, like, a transatlantic accent? Um, no, no. I sound how I sound, and I agree with your brother and his uh, and his life partner. I think... <laughs> Paul's a queer icon. I'm a queer icon. I think my lisp is kind of delightful, and I think uh, I think anybody who disagrees is honestly not only a hater but jealous. <laughs> yeah, I think if uh, Ursula from The Little Mermaid actually existed and she was trying to get someone's voice, she'd be going for Paul's. Yeah, yeah, I like my voice. Yeah, I think I cringe sometimes at my laughs on the mic. That's still the one that gets me. It's when I deliver something weirdly, like a specific part weirdly. I'll still mm. get a little bit like, God damn Okay, it. I was about to say, because specifically, people really like your laughs. Like, I remember Justin saying that, like, one of his first immediate things they liked in the podcast was Paul's laughing. Oh, oh, Shout out yeah. to you, Justin. I think you have... Your sweetheart. You have a slight, um... Uh, who's the Anthony Jeselnik, but British and old? Um, Carr. Um, Jimmy Carr. Yeah, Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like almost kind of like a Jimmy Carrion way, you have like a very distinct laugh. Mm. Laugh. Yeah, I, I'm, I I usually like my laugh too, unless I it it happens as I'm trying to say something, and then I have like a high pitched talking laugh, and then I get really unhappy with how that sounds, and want it out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll jump into Ann Lander's answer, which is, "Dear Rusty and Assaulted, almost everyone is shocked when he hears his own voice played back. Interesting gendering." Why not when they hear mm. their own voice played back? Everyone, almost everyone. Do you want to? Do you want to say the date again, Paul? <laughs> 1972. I don't think we. I don't think we need to cancel Ann Landers for this. One. I know, but like she's a woman, so it's interesting. She wouldn't think all women also have this problem. <laughs> almost everyone mm-hmm, is shocked mm-hmm. when he hears his own voice played back. When I first heard my voice on my daily NBC radio show, a little bit of a stunt. When I first heard my voice on my daily NBC radio show, I cringed at the hard Midwestern twang, but I stopped fretting about it after several listeners wrote in to say it was distinctive and they liked it. No one can be totally objective about himself. Forget it. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Ann Landers. That was cool. I don't know if we'll have a lot to say about that. So can I also just read uh, Ann Landers uh, selling her like her 1970s version of like Joe Rogan selling his like testosterone mix? nowadays oh sure i mean to be honest i was actually reading through the comic strips that are on the right of this trying to see if any of them were worth reading out of the podcast (laughs) the peanuts one is not it is a very visual (laughs) joke that's not very funny (laughs) well just to read what ann landers is trying to sell at the end of her article are drugs okay if you learn how to control them can they be of help 
The answers are an Ann Landers new booklet, Straight Dope on Drugs. For each book, yeah, that's a great mixtape name. <laughs> For each booklet ordered, send a dollar bill plus a. Whoa! How long do you think this booklet is? I feel like she's really like she's overcharging because I feel like it's a pamphlet. For each booklet ordered, send a dollar bill plus a long self-addressed stamped envelope, sixteen cent postage, please. To Ann Landers, Box three three four six, Chicago, Illinois six zero six five four. All right. What drugs do you think she's uh teaching people how to? control um i think almost certainly it's about weed right it's a 70s um it's she's living in chirac so <laughs> i noticed that too for how much we talked about chance it's like high-pitched voice <laughs> the fact that yeah she's it's funny that she's also in chicago all right adrian uh you've brought in a special third segment for us yeah so as you mentioned off top on the episode we kind of um well we kind of steered away from the topical tip and we're kind of moving towards like doing these kind of uh, produced segments for a third segment and kind of tying into the uh, theme of podcasts and kind of my earlier uh, kind of annoyance with like grad student culture and people like recommending you boring podcasts as after they're like novel and interesting um i decided to kind of play off this idea of podcasts being this saturated market and so what i have for you is a quiz um about obscure podcasts mm. and so i only listen to the same podcast on repeat i'm a very like i pick a podcast i like and i listen to every episode i don't really have like a wide breadth of choices so okay i don't know if i'll be good that's, at that's this, fine but... it's okay i'm gonna go ahead and say off top i don't i don't expect you to do well at this okay. at all uh it's about obscure podcasts and then for the format of it i actually want to switch from a true or false or like a multiple choice to a um um actually style have you ever watched that show on uh it's a college humor show that they produce no. okay first of all fun show highly recommend it's all on youtube are, i think are jake and amir about to pull a prank on us what's going on no no you're safe you're okay <laughs> so what's gonna happen is i'm going to read out a statement and then you are going to tell me what is wrong in that statement okay does that make yeah. sense so like if i were to read out a statement the show big facts no cap is a podcast about two um, podcasters who talk about advice columns, and the best host of that podcast is Paul. You would say, well, I'm actually the best host of that show is Adrian, not Paul. And that's how you would play the game. I, I don't know why you would just, like, attack me like that. Like, I thought we were going to play a game. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I thought we were about to have a good time. And... Paul, you think this is a game, bro? Give me a second. Just give me a second okay okay i'm back do you want to give another example right. so i can edit that one out or no okay 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 let's just move on let's just move on all right so since uh these questions might take you kind of a little bit longer to think about and because the questions because their statements are a little bit longer so i have room to like pick and choose something to uh make incorrect uh it's only 12 uh questions um, and I'll use a random, uh, random number generator to pick. So first podcast, uh, pod save America. Mm. I'm just kidding. We're not doing a pod save America. Oh, question. I was about to say, it's not John uh, Lovett's uh, movie star. It's John Lovett's the bitch. That's what was wrong very in that true. statement. All right. So we're going to start with this question about talking burritos. Paul, have you ever heard of the show talking no. burritos? Okay. 
Talking Burritos is a weekly podcast hosted by two brothers and first-generation Mexican immigrants living in Texas. The brothers talk each week about a different aspect of Mexican food culture that Americans get wrong, such as the notions that flour tortillas or hard-shell tacos are inauthentic American inventions in the Mexo-Gustatory canon. I think they're what se- was wrong. I think they're second-generation immigrants because I don't think you're listening to a podcast of first-generation immigrants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that your final That's answer? That's my final answer. All right, incorrect. Uh, I am not sure about their ethnicity or immigration status, but talking about burritos is two brothers who just talk about random shit each week. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was going to be one small <laughs> fact. I didn't know the whole concept of the episode. Oh, so this was actually the whole preface that I meant to give, is that the whole point of I'm um, Actually is that it's like really nitpicky things about like Star Wars or Dune or yeah. uh, Legend of Zelda. So you can't really blame that the format is inherently pedantic and that also it can be anything large or small like okay. that and things that are often can i ask you like can you almost... ask can i ask you a meta question to help me how are are they a mix of large and small things or are most of them large like that one most of them are small that was the largest one i think that we're starting off with so that's why i'm saying from the beginning that like if paul gets one of these correct i would consider that like a pretty good feat um okay so let's continue on to the next one Short for Nightmare Expo, Nexpo is a podcast by an unnamed host covering internet oddities ranging from ARGs to mysteries on Reddit to unexplained viral ghost videos. The show is most famous for its periodic roundup series entitled Disturbing Things from Around the Internet, now on its 11th iteration. I think Nexpo is short for Next Expo, and it is a uh, a podcast about the next, the next, like, expo, which I guess is a different word for conference. Well... First of all, you're supposed to say, well, actually, that's part of the well, game. Well, actually, oh. Okay, is this like a... Is this <laughs> and if you like can say a, it in your biggest nerd voice, that would be great, too. Is this like one of those things where it's like Jeopardy and I don't get the points if I yeah. don't frame the question that, correctly? That happens on the show, yeah. Okay, my bad. You didn't really explain that rule, so I I, I think I get a free Because we don't have multiple one. people, it doesn't really make sense to have the rule about having to say, well, actually, but... Because it's just, you know... Well, you actually, <laughs> rules are important okay. even for two people's games. <laughs> final answer yeah sure all right uh so that is actually not what's wrong with that statement the in- issue with that statement is that nextpo is a youtube channel not a podcast mm. uh, a youtube channel that me and my roommate actually both quite enjoy highly recommend our next question concerns sisters from another house just when you think the harry potter franchise had reached its peak along come danielle and allison the young wizard is such an obsession in a good way that they are rereading the whole series of books again for your delight, whilst also discussing why this journey through the wizarding world is so very, well, magical. Well, actually, I think you faked the two names of the sisters. I think everything else, or maybe they're not sisters. I think you faked the people doing it, but it's a real show. Incorrect, Paul. I apologize. The issue with that statement is that the name of the podcast is not Sisters from Another House. It is Weird Sisters Harry Potter Reread Podcast. What the fuck? (laughs) Are these people popular? (laughs) Remember, this is a quiz about obscure podcasts. Oh, okay. Thank God. That being said, they are making lists of like people who publish like these are the 20 best podcasts you never heard of. Keep that in mind. They're they're popular with some. Okay, well, let's just rename our podcast "People Who Talk About Advice Columns." Paul and <laughs> I know, right? Is that not like the worst Friday name ever? <laughs> just the worst <laughs> name ever. Unlike Paul and me, they they just chose the first thing they thought of. <laughs> they did not have a whole brainstorming <laughs> session. They were just like, "Nah, got it in the first one." Our next question concerns the podcast "Just the Zoo of Us." 
Alan and Christian review your favorite animal species and rate them in terms of D&D stats such as strength, dexterity, and charisma. Not animal experts, but rather two funny nerds who love podcasts and animals. Tune in and find out if your favorite species is garbage. Well, actually, nerds can't be funny, so that's the problem with that statement. (laughs) Which is why Paul and I don't identify as nerds, we identify as jocks. Uh, Final answer? Yep. All right. Uh, the incorrect part of that statement was that they do not rate species based on D&D stats. They just use generic categories like effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetic beauty. Isn't that like a cliche copy of that, like, uh... Tears you? That whole, like... Well, I was gonna say, or... isn't there, like, a whole subreddit and podcast about, like, making the real world sound like video games? I actually have no idea. All I know is my undergrad one sent me a video about, like, crabs talk- being talked about as if they were, like, monsters in the D&D universe. And like what their weaknesses are. I don't really. I, I mean, this type of content's been pretty popular on like Reddit and YouTube for a while, and it's just like very boring content. Like, yeah, I have no idea about that kind of stuff. All right, Paul, doing doing pretty good so far. I'm proud of you. Next question. <laughs> Fuck you. This question concerns accuracy third. Have you heard of this? You seen this? You heard about this? No. All right. Accuracy Third is a collection of stories from participants of Nowhere, a Spanish art festival. Surrounded by rocky mountains in the scorched Spanish desert, this festival is so intense its website comes with not only a survival guide, but an emotional survival guide as well. Hosts Rex and D-Day compile, comment upon, and share your tales of dusty adventure. Featuring in-audio interviews as well as submitted content, Accuracy Third attempts to create a record of the ephemeral magic of our annual party. I think it's not Spain. It's a different well actually it's not spain it's a different country do you want to specify which country no i'll give you the full point if you can specify which country can you can you give me the name of the 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 party again nowhere nowhere if that helps (laughs) no (laughs) i mean it's in english i don't know if that helps australia all right so i guess i kind of misled you with that their names Um, are rex and what were their names rex and d-day rex and d-day have to be australians (laughs) uh to have names that stupid so i apologize paul it's actually an american podcast about burning man uh yeah i should have guessed nowhere spain is that well nowhere is actually a festival in spain but i thought mm. if i if you said america i was gonna let you get away with a point for that one but good try i think you're getting better at the sleuthing on how i write these uh our next question concerns blank check with griffin and david which i think i wouldn't be surprised if you'd heard about no okay well then here we go Blank Check with Griffin and David. Not just another bad movie podcast, Blank Check reviews directors' complete filmographies episode to episode, specifically the auteurs whose early successes afforded them the rare Blank Check from Hollywood to produce passion projects. In each new miniseries, hosts Griffin Newman and David Sims delve into the works of film's most outsized personalities in in painstakingly hilarious detail. Movies covered so far include We Bought a Zoo, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Porco Rosso, Happy Happy Feet 2, and Back to the Future. I think that list of movies is the made-up part. Um, actually? Well, actually, I think that list of movies is made up. Okay, so I'll I'll lend you the fact that one of the movies in that list is made up. If you can pick the one that was made up. Is it Porco Rosso? It's not. It's uh, Scott Pilgrim has not been covered by... Uh, ah. Yeah, they do a whole Studio Ghibli uh, series early on in the podcast. Well, damn it. You're getting closer. Like I said, I think if you get one right, that's considered a win on this one. All right. This question concerns American Hysteria. American Hysteria explores the moral panics, conspiracy theories, urban legends, and fantastical thinking that shape our culture and why we end up fearing and believing in the unreal. 
Sci-fi writer-turned-podcaster Chelsea Weber-Smith charts their own journey from fantastical thinker to flexible skeptic, while detailing the sometimes hilarious, sometimes horrifying stories of the American freakouts from hamburgers to milk to hipsters, and the complex social issues around race, gender, sexuality, and class that they often act to cover up. Let me let me know if you need anything reread. Well, actually, I think American Hysteria is not the name of that podcast. Ooh, Paul, 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 Paul. That is incorrect. You could not be more wrong. So it is not a sci-fi writer turned podcaster. He was originally a poet. Well, were any of his poems like set in a scientifically different universe than ours? Did you check? I have no idea. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe he was a sci-fi poet, which would make him a sci-fi writer. And in which case I want my point back. No, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, um... Uh, Project Moonbase is the topic of our next question. Project Moonbase, hosted by the conservatively named DJ Technotyco and MC Zirconium, these self-styled futurologists, antiquarians, and explorers of the outer realms of the multiverse can reach places Taylor Swift and Ed Shireen can't. Their manifesto is to bring you music you've never heard before that will put a smile on your face, open your third eye, and make you dance. Fancy a bit of Moog music, or how about some sitar-driven psychedelia? Or maybe ska and uneasy listening is more your bag. This is music, Jim, but not as you know it. Well, actually, I think nothing can make me explore depths that Taylor Swift's music can't make me reach. So <laughs> I think that couldn't possibly be accurate. Okay, that's good. But it, they can make you explore uh, depth that Ed Sheeran hasn't. Have you ever listened to 1988, Adrian? <laughs> have you I ever have listened to Divide by Ed Sheeran? I don't know, Paul. I, I know I know you think Taylor Swift's a little cutie. <laughs> I don't share your opinion there, but uh, her music and her whole uh, her whole thing doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the problem with that description. So. All right. Final answer. Yes. All right. I I'm not I'm not gonna take that <laughs> as an answer. <laughs> uh, I thought you were gonna say that there was gonna be nothing that would make you shake your little butt and uh, open your third eye. <laughs> so much of what you said sounded stupid to me that I couldn't really like hold on to it. I really wanted it to leave my brain as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That makes again. sense. That's what's that thing you do like gift gaffing or whatever, where you just like overwhelm somebody with incorrect information so they don't know where to start. You um, overwhelmed me with what sounded like the most annoying podcast ever made. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, okay, so the issue with this one is that although MC Zirconium is the name of one of the hosts, the other name is not DJ Techno Tycho. It's DJ Bongo Boy, which I feel like you should have <laughs> known. <laughs> I was going to change it to DJ Burger Feet, but that's Hannibal Burris's DJ name, and I thought you might have known it. So I decided to go with DJ Techno Tycho, which feel free to steal that if anybody wants that. It's a good sci-fi name. All right. How are you feeling, Paul? That makes me so angry. <laughs> so angry. I hate that podcast so much. Can we start podcast beef? Uh, you can if you want. I mean, we should uh, we should leave a review on their Spotify playlist that they put up. Yeah. Uh... All right. Our next question concerns the Velo Club Don Logan. Coming out of the UK, in Velo Club Don Logan, hosts Graham Farr, Gary Fairley, and Colin Clues chat without too much waffle about all things cyclical. Perhaps a bit specialist for the part-time peddler, but anyone with more than a passing interest in the complicated, absorbing world of professional cycling will enjoy their enthusiastic spottery. These are born-again, midlife, urban cyclists, not obsessives, and they make sure to mostly avoid talking about mountain biking, which they say is a whole other beast altogether. What? I am am copy and pasting these descriptions, by the way, so... Can you go back to the beginning? Yeah. 
Velo Club Don Logan, coming out of the UK, and Velo Club Don Logan host Graham Farr. Okay, I don't think it's called Velo Club Don Logan. Okay, so you think it's a fake name? Well, Wait, you didn't actually, say I'm actually. I don't think. <laughs> um, actually, I don't think it's Velo Club Don Logan. Um. Okay. So. That is incorrect. <laughs> Uh, the actual name of the podcast is Velo Club Don Logan. The incorrect thing was at the end when I said that they avoid talking about mountain biking. They're happy to talk about mountain biking as well as urban cycling. I should have because the whole description was like, we're the happy casual cyclers. And so I should have realized that they wouldn't like be exclusionary to mountain biking. That that one had a tip off. And right. I think it was like my confusion from the name that sounds silly to my American English. Yeah. That led me down the wrong road. And not realizing that they're British English, maybe Bellow Club Don Logan makes sense as like something? I don't really know. I'm not gonna lie. Ready for the next question? Yeah. Alright. Our next question concerns the Karen and Ellen letters. In 2005, Josh Hallmark was handed a box of file folders full of photocopied handwritten letters. Little did he know they would lead to hours of laughter, a successful blog, and now a podcast. The series of letters written between two teenage girls and their landlord in the late 1980s are acted out week by week, while Josh is on a quest to validate their authenticity. It's an extremely bingeable show with a total catalog of 60 episodes over two seasons, each episode lasting half an hour or less. Wow, I don't want any of this to be fake because I actually really like this. I, I hope it's real and I hope I get to follow it as written. I'm gonna say maybe the, the exact details about the two girls... Well, actually, I think the exact details about the two girls and the landlord might be fake, and it might be letters between some other kind of funny uh, pairing. Paul, first of all, I just want to say, um, when I originally wrote this quiz out, I wrote out the description with no changes, because I was like, I love this so much, I don't want there to be anything wrong about <laughs> this. So I literally had the exact same thing that you had, where I was like, I just want all this to be real. Which is why I added the extra bit of trueness that it is 60 episodes over two seasons, but each episode's about an hour long, not less than a half hour. Oh, damn. I wanted to make up something about I like that we had the, the same was... thought that yeah. this was a sweet like, idea. I was like, yeah, flawless really up until now. I'm going to have to add extra information to make it wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, two more. Two more. Knowledge Fight with Jordan and Dan. A show that immediately stands out based on its crazy theme song, Knowledge Fight recounts every episode of The Alex Jones Show, poking holes in his theories and just generally making fun of the current political climate and fake news culture. So tune in and maybe become a policy wonk. Try this one out for the rest of the music too. Every episode features a song that you have never heard, and they're always awesome. They even have a compiled playlist on Spotify. Well, actually, they don't feature a song at the end of the episode that you've never heard. I don't know if it's at the end. It's just that they feature a song. But is that what you're going for? Yeah. Uh, that is true. Paul, you got one. You got one, Paul. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So this is uh, what I stole from a description of the uh, podcast called Drunch, uh, which is like a female issues podcast where they also give you songs at the end. And I checked out their Spotify playlist. And as much as I hate those kind of BuzzFeedy um, buzzwords of like that you've never heard of, I'd only heard one of the songs, so, you know. Oh, nice. They were pretty obscure. Uh, but yeah, so that is not a part of a knowledge fight with Jordan and Dan. All right. So, Paul, you've already um, cruised to victory with your one point, and now we just have one more to close out. Our next question involves a certain podcast called Say Why to Drugs. 
Say Why to Drugs is a Canadian podcast that explores drugs from a deeper, more scientific perspective than what you might get from your stoner friend Jake. In each episode, host Susie Gaze profiles a new drug, explaining what it is, why people take it, what the potential positive and negative side effects are, and what myths have surfaced in connection to it over the years. Well, actually, it's not a Canadian podcast. You figured it out, Paul. Yes, it is uh, Is actually a UK podcast. Uh, that is exactly what is wrong with that one. Nice job. Damn, two out of how many? Two out of 12. I chalked it up to a win. It was a hard quiz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was hard. That was hard. Um, You know what, Adrian? It doesn't matter, though. I mean, even though I did over exceed expectations with my uh, genius mind and my high quality of thinking, I still think what was important is that we had a good time and we had fun even though I did better than uh, you could have ever possibly expected. I could have imagined. I think it's because you're taking those Alex Jones uh, brain pills, right? I'm taking the Alex Jones brain pills. I'm also taking the Joe Rogan brain pills. I'm taking the Paul Joseph Watson brain pills. Brain pills. I'm taking some brain pills from every right-wing podcast there. I've (laughs) honestly, (laughs) my my doctor says my kidney is unhealthily (laughs) large right now, but I know you guys can't see him, but Paul literally looks like the galaxy brain meme right now. (laughs) Oh my god, the testosterone and brain supplements that have taken over the market in the recent years. Is, should we release a supplement or brain pill for this podcast later? Later, yeah, when we get bigger. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it. Um, okay, yeah, so I think the main lesson to learn from that was that there are too many goddamn podcasts, and I know glass houses throwing stones, as we always say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you do well enough and you pull yourself by your bootstraps, you'll get on a random article's best 500 podcasts of the year list so all right well it sounds like we're getting into big facts no cap territory so paul you want to give your big fact and let's get out of here my big fact is big facts no cap is the best and only podcast and listen to us more tell your friends about us make us famous so that we can quit our day jobs yeah i like that um and then my no cap is that i think in the same way that people can criticize without putting anything up themselves if you're going to criticize my voice or my mannerisms or paul's voice or his vocal mannerisms uh you should send in a sample of your voice and you talking so that we can see that you're legit and actually worthy of criticizing us so paul's number is 803-8675-309 leave him a voicemail and uh we want we want to hear from you if you're going to criticize us all right adrian it's been a good time buddy yeah it's been great dude bye I will talk to you later. Bye. Danny Brown, sway in the morning. True MCs only. True MCs only. Yeah, yeah. We go one to let that beat rock, huh? Cody in my cereal, always with the smoky. I'm sorta like a miracle. These rappers are venereal and never in my stereo. I spray your ass with vinegar. The next time that I see ya, bro, bet your ass still won't be tight. The size of my dick, nigga, every pussy tight. I write all night to the sun come up. Dodging Texas from your sister, trying to let go my nuts. Cover clutch the game, put that bitch in the submission. Your bitch want the stick shift, no transmission. Dog, I'm on a mission, your plan exhibition. On the expedition, pop an expo, never tripping. Selling with a Trying to stick my deck in Redhead how like a young Kathy Griffin Smoke so many blunts I can hear my lungs whistling Still rolling up how smelling like chicken Rap Martin Lawrence all these other rappers boring Bruiser make two live crew look like some Mormons Nigga my essay hard like I like doing essay Gang banging on a yard with a homemade machete Been nice since cassette tapes Say smoking heavy Popped a couple pills eyes glowing like ballet Used to stash the cracks in the seam of my pellet Detroit nigga but I'm smoking Okay, now, Alan.
Stop it.